Yeah, I'd say part of that too is, you know, I mentioned having these dedicated spaces, but when I was guiding, I really had to teach myself when I had five minutes of free time, just pull out my sketchbook and start working. So that really honed in those skills to not have the perfect environment and be able to just tap into that anywhere, knowing that it's, you know, it's no means to an end. It's just for the purpose of creating in that moment. Hello, and welcome to Unlock Your Vitality with Magali on a Journey. I'm your host, Magali Matthew. Here we cover all things vitality, that is living full of energy. From gut health to spirituality, nutrition to movement, we peel back the layers and unlock ways to heal and feel our best selves, one conscious habit at a time. Stick around, let's dive on in. I'm so excited you're here. Hello friends and welcome to another beautiful episode. I hope that you are doing well this Wednesday. I hope you survived (laughs) this last full moon. You can probably hear it in my voice. I'm a little nasally. I was going through a lot of emotions over the weekend as well as just my body kind of releasing and it's been fighting for a cold for a little while and it just needed to get out. The good thing is I feel like it's I'm on the other side of it, but you might hear it in my voice and hopefully not too much because I'm recording a lot of episodes this week. I am so excited about this week's guest. It was such a beautiful conversation with Kelsey. Kelsey is a fine art painter, muralist, tattoo artist, and illustrator. She's based in Bozeman, Montana, and her artwork explores the thrill and solace of wild places, serving as both a healing salve and harbor for the human heart. Her vitality oscillates between playing outside on a raft, bike, or snowboard and relaxing at home with her partner and her dogs, hopefully with some good food involved. I love that. Also, I love how many of these bios have the word vitality in them. It just feels so beautiful. It was just such a great conversation with Kelsey, and we talk about her journey to creating her own business and uh, working on her art full-time. We talk a lot about the different routines and structures that she's put in place in order to be able to continue to tap into her creativity. We also talk about her journey through grief and loss as she lost her sister and shares uh, the vulnerable story about what happened and um, how it's impacted her. And yeah, it's just a really beautiful conversation, another brilliant, resilient woman. And I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Before we get right into it, I wanted to remind you that if you are wanting to retreat to reconnect, I'm so, so excited to have the retreat happening on March 16th and 17th. You can just come for the day if you are local and you want to come to Sebastopol in Sonoma and just, yeah, enjoy a beautiful day of connecting to yourself and to each other. And we're going to do some yoga. There's going to be delicious food and treats. We're also going to have a tea party with persimmon and roots where you're going to be able to taste different teas. And it's going to be a beautiful conversation into connection. And then we're also going to have a creativity workshop. So 
it's going to be a really, really fun time. And then you're also able to stay over. And if you are, we're going to have a beautiful sound bath healing in the evening and an awesome like family style dinner. And then the next day we're going to do some more beautiful activities. And just like if you're in need of getting a little bit more of that disconnection and reconnection, I often say that a way to reconnect to ourselves is sometimes disconnecting a little bit from our environment, especially if we don't have access to that much nature around us, if we live in a city. So I'm so, so excited for this beautiful retreat, and I hope that you can make it and have all the information in the show notes. All right, without further ado, here is the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the show. I'm so excited this week to have Kelsey. We are both a part of a really exciting community called Recess, and I'm really, really excited to be introduced to you and to talk to you today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. And likewise, I've been binging your podcast since I found out about it, and there's so many good nuggets of wisdom. So thank you for putting it out there. Mm, Yeah, I really wanted to help women specifically um, connect to other stories in order to yeah, help them unlock their vitality. And so with that, I love to start with where it all began for you. I'm excited to get into what you are currently doing and who you are today. But can you talk to us a little bit more about yeah, your story, your journey of being who you are today? Sure. So I think I most identify as being an artist and that feels good to me just because it's so all encompassing of so many things um, and has influenced my life from when I was a little kid. So I grew up in South Dakota, did a lot of like art and music throughout my upbringing, ended up going to um, graphic design school in Bozeman, Montana, where I've pretty much lived ever since. I've traveled around a little bit here and there. Worked full-time as a graphic designer for about five years and then went out on my own as because I really wanted to pursue more of my fine art and get into more soul-fulfilling work, I suppose you'd say. I do everything from fine art painting, mural art, commercial illustration, and some design, and most recently um, started doing tattoos out of my studio as well, so offer like fully custom designs. I love that. That's beautiful. Um, I know that just looking through your work, you have a very deep connection with nature. Can you talk more about how that is reflected throughout your work and whether it was something that, you know, started as you were um, young or if it's something that kind of has developed? Yeah, I think the influence of nature in my work definitely developed over time and strengthened even more so, I guess, another part of my story is that I am a river guide. I started guiding on the middle fork of the Salmon River in Idaho in 2017. So there I was leading multi-day wilderness river trips. It's about a hundred mile stretch of river. And so just being immersed in that environment for, you know, three months out of the summer, it was natural that particularly like a lot of water themes have appeared in my pieces and my work kind of varies between actual representations of landscapes that I've experienced in into more, um, I'd call them dreamscapes, um, kind of touching on 
the emotion of a place rather than the actual literal representation. So it's, it's kind of a ebb and flow back and forth between that these days. Yeah. I love that. That's so beautiful. How did you get into river guiding? I'm so curious. (laughs) It was a total turn of fate. Um, As I said earlier, I worked full-time as a graphic designer. Um, That was about when I was 28, 29, realized that wasn't for me as far as being at a desk all day from the nine to five. So I quit that job and was traveling around for a while. And that following summer, got the opportunity to do a river trip, both on the Middle Fork of the Salmon and the Grand Canyon. And it was just like a, a lightning strike moment where I fell in love with all the people, the guides, um, as well as the environment and had a, a connection to work on the middle, start working on the Middle Fork. So I just sort of went for it. Um, so total pivot in my career. And it's been really interesting to see how something that I thought would be a complete divergence has actually melded now with my art world and become this unique niche of all the things. That's so cool. I love that. I have a lot of friends around me who are graphic designers or just people in my life who kind of went that way as artists because it was kind of like the path that society helps you see, I guess, and who are also realizing like, okay, I'm doing this because it's a means to an end, but it's not the true essence of my work and what I really want to be putting out into the world. Mm -hmm. What led you to actually pivot and like, how did you make that decision? And then after, you know, working that summer in in the river, like how did you then go on to building what um, you've built today? Yeah, I think, I mean, it kind of started with an intuitive knowing of, like I said, it's wasn't for me or wasn't really fulfilling my soul in a way that I wanted it to. And I think all the while I thought, well, I can keep doing my my own artwork in the evenings, but I just find myself being so creatively tapped by the end of the day that I wasn't keeping up with that very well. And so that along with, I, I really attribute a lot of that decision to finding a copy of uh, Women Who Run With the Wolves. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that book. I love that book. Oh my gosh. It spoke to me in a way that was like, you know, all of it's about just returning to your wild self. And so it was a very strong influence in my life at that point. So I quit my job. I left my house. I broke up with my boyfriend, just totally just a tear down and a rebuild. Thinking that, you know, I had some freelance clients at that point. So I was like, okay, I can do this. But I really kind of waffled for a while trying to make that work. It definitely was not a booming business from the beginning. But I, you know, I think it was a lot of, you know, Diana who started the the recess group that we were talking about. I eventually worked with her um, in business coaching starting a year or two ago, but she always mentions following the breadcrumbs of where your path is leading you and not having to have the entire picture drawn out, but yeah, following these little nuggets of where the next thing will be. And so, yeah, I mean, I think I kind of bootstrapped it for a long time before I finally got help with my business and got back to the fundamentals. And I feel like I now have a much more solid foundation to put out all the things I want to put out. Yeah, I think that answers your question, maybe. It does. It brings me to another one, which I'm very curious about 
because your type of work is so much based on creativity and you kind of said like when you were um, doing it just in the evenings, you were kind of tapped out. How do you handle being a business owner and like all the things that come with having to do your taxes and whatever it might be and also still having that space for creativity and making sure that that's a big priority? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I still have found that answer in time. <laughs> I think like I go through these phases of being like, okay, this is the structure that works for me. And then it falls apart. <laughs> but for I think for me, one thing has been environment. I just started renting a studio space outside of my home about a year ago. And having that space to go to that's dedicated for certain things has been really helpful. I'm I'm actually sitting in my basement right now too, where I'm starting, I'm crafting a, what I call just like a, a music and creativity space that is just going to be purely for uninhibited painting, mm. drawing, music, every, all the things that are not for my business because I've been really craving getting back to that. And then I think like, as far as the actual work of it goes, for me, I have to be very structured. I, or at least set some boundaries about when I'm going to be working. I still found that I have to kind of work on a, at least Monday through Thursday basis and stick to normal business hours and all of that. Um, so that I can maintain some of my own space and self care and things like that around it as well. So I more or less operate as if I need to have those business hours. Yeah, I love that. And I love the idea of what you're saying you're creating now in your basement, because I do think that sometimes when we love what we do and then we make it our work, there can be an aspect of like seeing it in a different way. And when it can go from like something that we love to do and that we choose to do to something that sometimes we feel like we have to do. And I mean, there's so many like mindset angles that we can work on through that. But I love that you're creating a space to also remind yourself like what it is without the, I guess, the selling and the work aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say part of that too is, you know, I mentioned having these dedicated spaces, but when I was guiding, I really had to teach myself when I had five minutes of free time um, to just pull out my sketchbook and start working. So that really honed in those skills to not have the perfect environment and be able to just tap into that anywhere knowing that it's, you know, it's no means to an end. It's just for the purpose of creating in that moment. Mm, yeah, that's beautiful. I wonder if there's another thing we can talk about, which is what it means to be an artist with social media. I feel like today, the relationship that um, social media has in our lives I mean, it's very different for everybody. So I guess first, I'm also curious about yours, but also in a way to like share your art. And also I can understand that just like the work that I do, right? There's so much like comparison and just like questioning. And I'm curious if you can talk a little bit more about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been a tough one as well to kind of navigate because on one hand, it's an amazing tool. I get probably... I'd say now a majority of my clients come to me through Instagram um, and seeing my work on there. But of course, we all know how detrimental it can be to our psyches as well, especially when you're sharing something so heart-centered and often personal. Mm -hmm. And I've been fortunate not to, you know, it's not like I'm getting comments all the time that this is terrible art or anything like that, but it's more the comparison thing. But I think 
to me, I just have to stay focused on the responses that I get that when people say that something means something so much to them Mm. or resonates with them in a certain way, that's what it's all about. So I've really tried to just focus on those authentic connections as opposed to numbers. And again, boundaries have been really important for me. I log off every day at six and don't look at it again. And I log off on the weekend. So I'm not tempted to start scrolling. So using it in a really deliberate way as well. Yeah. I love that. I used to do the weekend, the no weekend thing. And then I don't know, I kind of stopped it for a while. And then now I still definitely, there's at least one of the two days on the weekends, but just the last few weeks, I think because I'm also creating some different things and working on different types of promotions, I've been like, on it more. And then I just see the effect that it has on me. Like even this morning, as I'm like learning so much about different people that are coming on the podcast, I might like use it as a research tool. And then I just get kind of lost. So yeah, just, I guess, sharing that it's an ever evolving process of figuring out how to set boundaries and seeing what also for anybody listening, what works for you at the different moments of your life. And I guess being really kind to yourself about it too, because it's like there for that purpose to, to suck you in. <laughs> yeah, I can have the best of intentions, but yeah, it's, it's a hard game to play. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, for sure. I want to go a little bit deeper into this like nature aspect and potentially also how nature helps us heal and process. And I personally have a very deep connection with nature as I think a lot of us do. But just to give you a little story, I used to be, I was in the like tech startup world before all this. And uh, I live in just North of San Francisco in Marin and I was going in the trails every single day asking myself, like, what is it that I need to do? What is it that I need to do? And every single time that I would ask and I would get a message, whether very often it was a deer that would just like kind of jump across or like even just be there and like really, really still. And it's not an area where you see a ton of deer, like that. Yes, there are some, but And today it's like, if I'm feeling any kind of anxiety or need help decision-making or deep sadness or whatever it is, like it's just 20 minutes in a trail somewhere getting lost is what truly heals and just feels so good. And I'm curious to hear if you could talk a little bit more about your connection with nature. Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel the same. It can be just a 20 minute walk and I have my mind is cleared completely yeah, like I said, the the immersion that I've had being in the wilderness on rivers has been probably the greatest teacher of all. My current body of work has to do with a lot of about grief and the sensation of it coming in waves, a lot of water and river metaphors in that. And I think that kind of experience of having to navigate a rapid and then moments of stillness and the depths and the shallows, like there's just so much metaphor there, not to mention just little run-ins with creatures, as you mentioned. Like a lot of the guests I've even had on my boat, it might be a dragonfly that stops by and it's, you know, it reminds them of a relative or something like that. It's really interesting to watch that and unfold in others as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Are you into astrology at all? Um, yes, I don't know a ton, but my release. 
I'm just curious if you have a lot of water elements in your chart as you're talking about that deep connection with water. Wow. Pisces rising, Pisces moon, Scorpio sun. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. <laughs> For sure. Me too. I, I'm a Scorpio moon and cancer rising. And I mean, my son is in Capricorn, so that's not water, but there's so many elements of water and it's something that yeah, has helped me heal in a lot of ways. One of the coolest experiences I ever had with like what water can do. My husband has an outdoor education company. I should totally connect you guys outside of this. And he's from Ecuador. So we did a Temescal, which is like a sweat lodge in the Andes Mountains of Ecuador. And it goes through the elements. And so basically there's like a shaman guiding you. And as one of the elements was water, I just experienced my whole body like just crying, 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 like letting go of the water. But mm -hmm. it was not in like an emotional way, which was a really weird thing for me. I had never experienced before. It was like really just a let go. But yeah, I was so connected to that, I guess, aspect of like how much water I was holding in also and how much of it I needed to just let go. Mm -hmm. oh, that's really beautiful. Yeah. I'm curious if you're wanting to talk a little bit also of, so today you said that you are now recently doing tattoos. What has given you the desire to go from the art that you were doing until now into tattoos? It kind of just started as an entirely different medium. Uh, and then as I got into it more and more, I really love that both the collaboration with others and the personal connection, taking something from somebody else, it, you know, it doesn't have to be an entirely meaningful tattoo, but taking somebody's kind of like, thing that's swimming around in their head and creating a vision from that. And then it goes on their body forever. It's like, like it's an honor and it's a really difficult art form and, and just really an intimate experience that I get to have creating art with another person. That's what's thrilling me so much about it right now. That's beautiful. Do you have tattoos? Have you designed your own tattoos? Um, I do have a handful of tattoos. I, I guess I've designed some very simple ones. I have a memorial one for my sister who passed away that I have that's like really special to me and have gotten to do something like that for other people. And that's like those kind of connections are just incredible. Yeah. Um, I was so sorry to hear about the story of you losing your sister. And I know you've talked about the fact that kind of your ability to process the grief and trauma was like part of your art was a helpful as a way of processing that. And then I also know that you've done some like somatic therapy and, and different things. I'm curious if there's any of that that you're interested in sharing with us. Yeah. Um, I've thought a lot about it as of recently because I'm giving a talk tonight and tomorrow about just that. So <laughs> yeah, I'll have that on YouTube after I think it's being recorded tomorrow night, but yeah, like my artwork I've used as a tool to work through emotions for ever since I was a little kid. I remember like playing the piano when I was angry at my mom and, you know, they were like just wildly painting <laughs> when I yeah, was upset. And so the backstory is that my youngest sister was killed by a drunk driver. Um, it was about four years ago um, while riding her bicycle. And I, yeah, I pretty much dove in. I actually was in the middle of a painting 
that I'd started because I was going through a breakup that started like a week before that. So I was in the middle of this really just sort of like emotional, painful painting and then finished it in even kind of deeper state. I mean, painting has always been very meditative to me as well, just putting me in that really quiet space that nature provides as well. And I think having to just sit for that long is really healing in itself. And then some of the imagery I chose to paint over the last handful of years is more on the themes of grief or came from um, certain visuals I had and um, some like a healing meditation group that I was in. So they're all these images that came from this really kind of raw state and yeah, very emotional, but I think putting myself in the motion of doing it, like you said, it allows the water to flow or those things to actually process. Um, and for me, having something to do with my hands is part of it as well. Kind of babbling making this up as I go, but um, that's a big part of it. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm curious, it sounds like obviously, you know, the breakup and losing your sister was like a lot of hardships are a, a dark time that then opens up the light on the other side and that teaches us also so much about different ways of being able to process. I'm curious if this is something that you were, you know, already obviously the art already into, but more of the like uh, mindfulness piece and the other types of therapies. And I'm also curious if this is something that you're into and maybe not the rest of your family or if there was like healing that was shared in that way as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it definitely sent me on a mindfulness journey. I had always been kind of interested in going to therapy, but felt like I needed a big reason to go. <laughs> so pretty much within the month after she died, I was fortunate to find a really awesome grief therapist who I ended up working with over the following years, as well as, like I said, I joined a, a meditation group. I did a lot of body work as well. Like it was almost a couple of years ago. Now I herniated a disc in my low back, sort of an overuse injury. So I, I had this, severe back pain going on as well, which, you know, interesting (laughs) that uh, the body stuff came as um, it often does when we suffer that kind of mental trauma as well. So worked with acupuncturists and body worker this summer that released these things that I was storing in my body that I had no idea how to access on my own. So yeah, I started just seeking advice, comfort, any kind of therapies in any way I could. And I'd say as far as the rest of my family goes, we've all kind of dealt with it in our different ways. My mom and my one sister have gone to therapy and my older sister and my dad do not care to. And that's, you know, that's fine. It's it's hard for me sometimes to not want to push that on other people and say, because it's so helpful for me. But um, I, I am thankful that my family has always been very, at least, open to talking about our experiences in our own unique ways. So it's not, Mm. uh, you know, uh, a taboo subject to bring our own grief up at any time. Yeah, that's beautiful. And yeah, the learning to accept that each person has to um, deal with things differently and not wanting to like push on things that have really healed us and really helped us on others is something that I found also in the different moments in my healing journey. 
a little bit difficult because you know that it's helped you so much. And so it's something that you want to share with others. I also love that you said you wanted to explore therapy, but you felt like you needed a reason. Mm-hmm. I think this is because of what we're taught. I think we're taught that it's like, okay, you go to therapy when things are wrong. Like you go to therapy when you're, you know, dealing with grief or loss or a breakup, or you go to couples counseling when your marriage is about to end. And I love the approach of figuring things out, obviously getting the support when you need it. And also um, that it's okay that if you want to explore just a way of being able to feel even better and dive deeper into different things. I personally, I'm in a period of my life where I feel like there's nothing wrong in in that like I'm not dealing with like um, one difficult thing, but I've continued therapy and like we're still unraveling things that happened when I was four and that it's a continuous process. And so I guess just encouraging if somebody's listening and curious about wanting to explore um, different therapies, that it's like it doesn't have to be something happening right now for you to dive into it. Yeah, I mean, the inner child work in itself, I think, is is huge for a lot of us. Um, and I think, yeah, I guess that was my perspective. I'm like, well, I had an okay childhood, you know, <laughs> like, what do I have to do? But just understanding so much more about myself and my responses and my family and just strengthening those relationships from that understanding has been the world. Yeah. And like patterns that you didn't realize you were following and that you felt maybe victim to, I mean, I'm speaking for myself and choosing that not to follow those. And it's like, without having somebody that can help you see those things, it can be really difficult to make the unconscious conscious and to continue to work on those things. So that's beautiful. I'm curious also, so, I mean, we've talked about a lot of different things um, and you talked about meditation and body work. Do you have kind of a regular mindfulness practice or journaling or is your art that, what does that look like in your life? Um, These days, yeah, I I have a just pretty simple morning routine where it's 10 minutes of meditation, 10 minutes of reading and 10 minutes of journaling. And the reading varies from kind of more stuff on the mindfulness and self-help genre Mm -hmm. to maybe it's just reading for 10 minutes of a novel. And the journaling, I go back and forth between sort of a gratitude journal, brain dump. Lately, I've been doing, are you familiar with uh, Liz Gilbert's uh, Love Letters? Yeah, I love her. Her substack, right? Yeah, I've been doing that over the last month. And that's really interesting of... Yeah, experimenting, trying to get those downloads from love or my higher self or whatever you would call it. And I really enjoyed that practice. And then, yeah, I'd say some of it does come with my artwork, but it is difficult, as we talked about earlier, with it so much being entangled with my career. Often it's just I need to sit down for a few hours and get something done on a painting, for instance, and I'll listen to an audiobook or whatever. So, um, you know, I think there's glimpses of creating artwork when I'm actually in flow and it feels like more mindfulness are few and far between these days. Say, but. Yeah, I love that. And I'm curious if there are any people listening that are like, okay, I feel in that stuck space of not knowing how to 
maybe enjoy my work anymore because I am in this space of feeling like I'm doing it because I have clients and need to, you know, kind of um, make sure that those things are done. How would you invite them to maybe connect back to that being more in the flow and just the connection that you talked about with your artwork? Mm. Yeah. I mean, for me, I know I just kind of have to get quiet, Mm. like turn off the podcasts, whether it's going for a walk or around my house or just or in the morning, um, just carving out more space. I also think it can take a while. Like this year I've started out with, or my word of the year is space. And so over the past month, I've been really trying to hold those boundaries of giving myself a lot, a lot of space. I've felt the energy return and the desire to create because I think it's, it's like anything else. You can't get the messages if you don't leave the quiet and the space for them to come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always say that it's really hard to hear your inner voice if you're always listening to something else. Yeah. And I think it happens to so many of us. I mean, myself included, it's like so easy to pop a podcast or do or listen to an audiobook or watch something as we're doing something. One of the things I absolutely love to do is to cook. And for me, that's like one of my meditations. And and I'm one of those people that like the recipe will never be the same. I'll never make it exactly the same. And it's, you know, I love it to just like open my fridge and be like, let's see what comes out of that. Mm-hmm. And when I started actually this podcast, I then would listen to, I have somebody who helps me edit and I would listen to the edited version as I'm cooking and like, you know, sometimes taking notes if there's things that want changed and things. And then I realized that it wasn't coming out with the same result. Like I didn't feel the same at the end eating the food. And I was like, what is happening? And it's because I was not fully there, not fully like in the moment I was doing, focusing on something else. And it's so difficult to really shut things off, whatever it is, and to make space for it. I love that that's your word of the year. That's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for the longest time when I'd feel creatively blocked, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to look through these books or go on Pinterest or go on Instagram or whatever. And it was always sort of a, like trying to get that inspiration to come from somewhere else. And yeah, so things totally shifted that have gone the opposite direction and find that works really well. I love that, like really shutting everything off and because it is coming from within, even though obviously sometimes it can be helpful to see what other people are doing and what else is out there. I really love that as a reminder to shut off and to connect to yourself. That's beautiful. I ask at the end of every show, a few questions to everybody, but before I do, if anyone is interested in your work and in getting to know you, share with us what you have going on and where they can find you. Sure. Um, Best place to find me and what's going on in the moment is on Instagram. My handle is just Kelsey Zintars, which my name's spelled. We'll add it in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) As well as I'm in, yeah, I'm based in Bozeman, Montana. So always happy to meet for coffee or do virtual coffee dates too. I really, really love connecting with other creatives, especially or solopreneurs because it's a lonely world. And yeah, I guess that's kind of it. Oh, like I said, the the talk that I'm doing about my artwork and the grief process will be up on YouTube soon as well. 
Love it. Yeah. Okay. You'll have to send me the link and then we can add it to the show notes here so people can watch it too. Awesome. So one of the first questions is how do you unlock your vitality these days? Hmm. I, I mean, just kind of piggybacking off of what we were just talking about. I bought a house a few months ago, so I've had so much joy in nesting. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. It's it's kind of a balance between getting out in the mountains, snowboarding, mountain biking, rafting, all those things. But lately I'm just my vitality is in cooking by the fire with my dogs, with my boyfriend. Like it's just those small little moments. That's beautiful. I love that. Another fun one, which I'm gonna ask you because you just um got a house is what is on your nightstand? <laughs> um a lamp. And usually a couple of books. Right now, it's um, I'm reading IQ84 by Murakami and Brianna White. We uh, 101 essays that will change the way you think. Oh, I've heard of that. I haven't read that. It's a really good kind of little short passages, tidbits to read. Um, I often include that one in my morning mindfulness practice. Mm, love it. The next one is, what are you saying no to lately? Yeah, it's all it's all kind of in the same theme. Um, really, things that don't light me up. Um, I'm being very protective of my space and time. Also, really catching myself in the shoulds, the should kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. And just allowing as much... I guess, vitality in the space that there needs to be without, oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Yeah. I love that. That's amazing. And if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? I'd say just trust the process. You're exactly where you need to be. There's nowhere to run, no action that needs to be taken. Like it's all going to be okay. Yeah, we could all use that. Thank you so much, Kelsey. This was such a beautiful conversation. I can't wait for everybody to check out your beautiful work and to stay in touch and to continue to connect through the beautiful community that we're a part of. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. Bye, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you loved this episode as much as I did. If you are enjoying the show, please feel free to rate and review, share it with a friend. This is truly how we are able to grow. So whether you are listening on Kajabi directly, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or on Google Any way that you can just share it with a friend and even through social media, letting us know what you loved about it, what you got out of the episode. And if you haven't yet, you can subscribe or rate and review depending on all the places that you get your podcasts. But I just wanted to say a big, big thank you if this is the first episode you've ever listened to or if you've been here for a while or if you've been here since the very beginning. Unlocking My Vitality has been a beautiful journey into learning, actually. And this podcast has really helped me learn through different people, through your feedback, through, yeah, just seeing and hearing beautiful women and the work that they're doing and sharing it with the world. 
So thank you so much for being here and I'll see you next week. Bye.
Hello and welcome to Unlock Your Vitality with Magali on a Journey. I'm your host, Magali Matthew. Here we cover all things vitality, that is living full of energy. From gut health to spirituality, nutrition to movement, we peel back the layers and unlock ways to heal and feel our best selves, one conscious habit at a time. Stick around, let's dive on in. I'm so excited you're here.